Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Wednesday, August 14th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Bax, I want to start out with the quarterback position for the Buckeyes. Justin Fields still waiting to hear Ryan Day name him the starter. I know we're all obviously expecting that will happen. You know, there was some talk at the most recent scrimmage on Saturday that uh, Gunnar Hoke outplayed Justin Fields. Uh, it was a close scrimmage. This is just, you know, from from various reports, but, you know, even those reports that it was the Gunnar Hoke looked good running the second-team offense where, you know, Justin Fields was running the first-team offense. Just what do you make of the quarterback situation so far? I think it's Ryan Day making Justin Fields earn it. I think Ryan Day has a standard he wants Fields to play up to, and if Fields hasn't, quote, reached that brass ring yet in practice, then I don't blame Ryan Day for pushing him. Look, we all know it's a bit manufactured here. Chris Chuganov and Gunnar Hoke are not going to play ahead of Justin Fields, barring an absolute disaster of injury or something else that, you know, we just we don't want to talk about. That's the taboo thing to talk about this year is what happens if Justin Fields gets hurt. But there's a lot of people who are worried that Justin Fields isn't going to be good, which I kind of find very, very, very strange. There's nothing about this young man that leads us to believe that he's not going to be an absolutely elite player. Uh, maybe not his first game. He's not going to come out and be Dwayne Haskins throwing the ball. Let me remind everybody, this was the number two player in America. He's the guy who beat out Trevor Lawrence for the MVP of the Elite 11, and Trevor Lawrence was the only player in America who was ranked ahead of him, and it was considered a coin flip between the two of them. This is as elite of a quarterback prospect that has ever been at Ohio State, period. So Ryan Day is making him earn the job. Ryan Day is not handing him anything. Part of this is Ryan Day has to set the tone for his entire program. If he starts his first year by saying, hey, the most visible position, I'm just giving someone the job, it takes away from the whole you-have-to-earn-it aspect that has been so effective at Ohio State. Urban Meyer was much like Pete Carroll back in the day at USC where it's compete forever, right? Every day is a competition. Win the day. Whatever, you know, hyperbole you want to use for, hey, that's how I'm going to do my best today, right? Well, this is Ryan Day not just saying, hey, Justin Fields, I'm going to make it extra hard on you to be the quarterback. He's telling everybody, look, you have to earn it no matter who you are, no matter what position you play, no matter how highly you were ranked. I'm not going to give this to you until you have earned it. And if he has to go overboard making it look like Fields is going the extra mile to do it, so be it. Who cares? The Buckeyes don't play for two and a half weeks. We've got plenty of time for him to name him the start. Yeah, I look at Justin Fields this year, and I expect something production-wise, not stats matching up identically, but um, production-wise what we saw from Braxton Miller when Braxton Miller was a sophomore back in 2012, where there's ups and downs, there's flashes of brilliance, um, and I, I do think Justin Fields will be a better passer than Braxton. 
but not as good of a runner. But they'll be, you know, somewhat in the same vicinity in both categories, especially when you look at Justin Fields in 2019 as a sophomore, Braxton Miller in 2012 as a sophomore. At least that's my opinion. Um, that's kind of what I expect. And uh, that would be good in the end. Again, I think there's going to be ups and downs with Justin Fields, but I expect a similar season production-wise as what we saw from Braxton Miller back in 2012. What do you think about that? Um. I think Braxton Miller in 2012 was more often than not a one-trick pony. He would either chuck the ball to an open guy or he would juke six people in the middle of some insane run. Um, I expect Justin Fields to be a much more advanced quarterback, to be frank. Um, I think Justin Fields is going to be a more advanced version of Troy Smith in 2004 in that Troy Smith at times would have a a pass that would just drop your jaw, but Troy Smith could take off and run for 100-plus yards against Michigan. Um, I, I I don't want to compare anybody ever to Braxton Miller. I think Braxton Miller is the most unique athlete Ohio State has ever had at the quarterback position. Uh, nobody is – literally Braxton Miller was the video game joystick. There's never been anybody else like that at Ohio State. Like not even Teddy Ginn Jr. And Teddy Ginn Jr. was like, you know, the 105 speed rating out of 99. That was what made Teddy so special, and I love me some Teddy. But the truth is I think Fields is a much better passer than people want to give him credit for. I think it's because everybody's so hyped about his – athletic abilities that they want to compare him to uh, a running quarterback when, guess what, yes, he can run. But I think, A, Ohio State's going to be afraid to run him knowing what the backup options are. It's not like you have, uh, you know, a Matt Baldwin or a Tate Martell that you feel a little more comfortable behind him in. You have the con- backup quarterback from Kentucky. No offense to Gunnar Hoke, who, as a Buckeye, I love, but I don't know as a skill set how confident I'd be in there, right? Um, so you're going to see Fields throw the ball better, I think, than people think. I think he'll have much better passing numbers than Braxton did in 2012. Uh, that that offense was the Hyde and Miller show in terms of the read option and occasional Braxton just insanity brilliance. I, I think you're going to see a more advanced quarterback for sure in Justin Fields this year. Um, I, I like I said, I think 04 Troy Smith, maybe 05 Troy Smith passing and 04 Troy Smith running is the combination you can look at here. But I do think they'll be judicious as to when Fields runs. I think a lot of his yards he gains on the ground are going to be when he breaks the pocket and picks up 20 yards in the open field, not as a really a called run situation. One guy getting a lot of hype is true freshman running back Marcus Crowley. He enrolled early. He went through spring ball, looked good. I don't think anybody's saying that Marcus Crowley is going to be a star, but, um, you know, when you hear Ryan Day talk about, you know, the Buckeyes, he'll say, you know, we don't have a legit backup running back yet. That was Saturday when we were talking to him. We'll get a chance. By the way, programming note, practice will be open this morning from about 9.30 to 10. Uh, the first 30 minutes will be open to the media, and then we go chill out for about an hour and a half and work on stuff, and then we get a chance to interview Ryan Day and Greg Madison after practice today. So about 11.45 we'll interview Ryan Day. But, you know, when we interviewed him on Saturday backs after the scrimmage, you know, he said they don't have a legitimate tailback yet, um, but we're hearing that Marcus Crowley is starting to emerge as that guy. Now, Master Teague is out. Damari McCall, they can move around a little bit, but Marcus Crowley's more of that three-down type back if they need a true backup running back behind Dobbins, and they do. It sounds like Marcus Crowley is emerging as that guy. Just your thoughts on, on what you're hearing about Crowley. Two words, bowling ball. That's Marcus Crowley right there, man. Um, I loved him in the spring game. I loved his north-south running style. I think, obviously, J.K. Dobbins is going to play a large role for the Buckeyes this year, but I think if you can get Dobbins back to what he did two years ago, where you hit him on a lot more of, of the, the flares and the wheels and that sort of stuff, screen passes, try to get him more to the outside in space, that's going to make him a more effective player, and he's not going to need 20 carries a game. J.K.'s not a big kid. He's not going to make it through a Big Ten season if he's carrying the ball 25 times a game. Enter Crowley. 
Crowley's a north-south runner. He doesn't F around with the ball. He goes upfield and tries to run you over. And that's something, as Ohio State fans, we're, like, literally, like, bred the love. Uh, I absolutely love having a guy like Crowley where he looks like he's as wide as he is tall. He runs low. He's a guy who can get you those hard yards. And what do we throw a, just an absolute fit about last year, right? It was the running back rotation, really the last two years, the running back rotation, where we said, why is J.K. Dobbins running the ball up the middle and Mike Weber's running to the outside, right? Why isn't Weber, who's going to fall forward when he gets the ball, going to be the guy between the tackles? Well, Crowley falls forward. And in a football game, you know, look at Clemson last year. Everybody wants to talk about, oh, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, receivers, receivers, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, blah. Clemson averaged six-plus yards a carry. That's why Trevor Lawrence was so damn good. The defenses had to be honest with him because they know that, that Travis Etienne and their other guys in that backfield were going to rip the ball off on them on the ground. If Crowley can be a legitimate power-running threat, Ohio State's offense goes from dangerous to freaking scary. And that is an element you need. If you, even in today's modern football, which everybody looks as like you know basketball on grass sort of deal, you have to be able to run the ball. Every season, there's going to be five to six plays every year where you have to get a yard, get the damn yard. And right now, I, I don't know if Fields is your guy who has that JT Barrett leg drive on you know whatever and one that you have. But Crowley might be the guy where you hand him the ball and he just runs over people and gets that yard. Because you know why? He falls forward. He's low to the ground. He's your power runner. So if Crowley's the one that emerges, I'm excited about it. Very excited. Back, looking at the defensive side of the ball, Baron Brown is a guy that the coaches are talking up, including Ryan Day himself. Um, you know, I don't know what to make of this. I, I just want to believe them, take it at face value that Baron Browning, the light has turned on for him. Um, I also wonder, you know, we've seen it time and time again with coaches, you know, from all walks of life, talk up guys to the media, and then, you know, it's just, it's the same old song and dance. Um, well, you know, what do you expect out of Baron Browning? What do you make of the positive reports we're hearing about Baron Browning so far? I have to see that to believe it. Uh, let's be honest. Baron Browning is the kind of guy who is awesome in drills. He is the first guy off the bus. He is an absolute freak of a physical specimen. The question is never below the neck. It's above it. Does he react quick enough to the play? Does he know where to go? Uh, he reminds me, again, I've said this before, he reminds me of Curtis Grant. Curtis Grant took a couple years at OSU to figure out what in the world he was doing when he wasn't just running downhill to stop the run, right? And then finally his senior year, he figured it out whenever somebody would drop back to pass, how to actually, you know, fall into the zone or pick up his pick up a tight end or whatever. You know, he was not a good coverage middle linebacker until the year OSU won the national title and he became confident quickly. Uh, Baron Browning is a very similar player. He has greater physical gifts even than Curtis Grant. Remember, Curtis Grant was a five-star kid too. Um, and Browning's a guy who you and I have both said this, Dave, and I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but I think both of us have always wondered why he isn't your, your, your rush linebacker, your pin the ears back and send him in kind of guy. He's a physical athlete. He's a great just physical specimen. He can run with anybody in the linebacker position. I just don't know if he has the recognition and, and, and the reaction to play middle linebacker. So I'm not surprised he looks good in drills, but let's see what happens in a game whenever he has to line up a defense and recognize whether the, the, his keys on the line are correct, whoever his key is on a play, whether on the zone read, whether he goes to the quarterback or the running back, whether he recognizes whether the guy in motion is going to be his and they adjust the, the coverages correctly. All that stuff is stuff we have not seen from him. And you have to see it to believe it. Like, if you could put tough Borland's reaction and, like, you know, knowledge of the game onto Baron Browning's body, you'd have the best linebacker in college football. But, you know, Tough's been a step slow, and Baron's been a step slow to react. And 
again, I, I don't want to say that he can't do it because he's still not like, it's not like he's a, se- a fifth year senior or something here. And he's sort of set in his ways, but Baron Browning's a player that like, of course he looks good whenever he's doing drills. When the bullets are flying in a game, I have to see it to believe it with him. And, you know, that's not a knock on the kid. It's just, you know, I ha- you have to eventually see something different than what you've seen for a couple of years in a row from him. So he's a, he's a great athlete. No question about it. Works his butt off. You hear nothing but good things about Baron Browning. But the, the truth is, is that we haven't seen it in games. And until we see him take that step in a game, it's hard to buy that he's all of a sudden going to be pushing to start at middle linebacker. I, especially after watching the spring game where he looked like roughly the same player. And you had Taraja Mitchell out there who looked like a middle linebacker. And I wonder if they're not talking about Baron Browning a lot to try to take the heat off of the young guy pushing for playing time and off of the nonstop talk about tough Portland. I mean, I think there may be a part of that too. A lot of this is gamesmanship because Ryan Day's not letting you guys see the practices when you're down there reporting on it. Even that half hour you're going to get tomorrow, it's not going to be, hey, let's do, you know, 11 on 11 live drills and see how Baron Browning reacts on a, a zone read to the, to the, to the right side and we see how, you know, he reacts to what direction that the ball is being scraped and everything. There's a lot to figure out there when the game's going on for Baron Browning. And we just won't know until the game starts, plain and simple. So we may know by who the coaches run out on the field in the first place. We will not get to see things like, you know, how Baron Browning reacts in 11 on 11 drills, scrimmages. We won't get a chance to see how Justin Fields looks in, in full scale scrimmages later today, but we will see them stretch. You know, so if you want to know how, how the guys look when they do stretching drills, um, we will be able to report on that. And some very light positional drills. So then they kick us out when they do the good stuff. So, yeah, good stuff there. Um, hey, uh, last thing on the show, backs. Tate Martell goes down to Miami. I even thought he'd win the job. Not that I knew that much about the other quarterbacks that were there with the Hurricanes. That did not happen. Tate Martell, for those who don't know, has not won the quarterback job, and he's not taking it too well. He skipped practice after he found out that he was not going to be the starting quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes. Just your reaction on Tate Martell not being named the starter for the Hurricanes backs. He's going to go to UNLV and be the face of the running Rebels, let me tell you. Um, (laughs) I think uh, Tate Martell has – maybe this will be the wake-up call to his hubris. Uh, this is a kid who, let's just say he doesn't like the fight to overcome things if you look at his recruitment and his playing career. Uh, he was committed to three different schools. What was it? A&M, Washington, and then OSU. He got to OSU, and he even saw the field a little bit, and he didn't care to stick around and compete for his job this year. He just tried scaring Justin Fields away on Twitter and then bounced the second he had the opportunity to compete for the job. And then he went to a school that probably didn't employ an offense that you know, used his skill set correctly. There's a lot of teams Tate Martell would start on this year. It's not like the kid sucks, let's be honest. But I think he loved the idea of I'm going to go live the life on South Beach and be the starting quarterback for Du, and didn't really focus on the fact that they had two young first two years in the program quarterbacks there who were much better passers than Tate. Tate needs to be in a system where he can run the ball. You know, Tate's your better comparison to Braxton Miller in a lot of ways, except Braxton had a much stronger arm than Tate. So, you know, if Martell's – I mean, let's face it, he's not going to play much this year for Miami. He's going to transfer somewhere. He's probably gone because then this year can count as his sat-out year. And uh, he he needs to go somewhere that runs a, a running spread, not a, a team that throws the ball a lot, you know. And people have talked about, like, a Chip Kelly-style offense at UCLA, which is great, except his former high school teammates are already there. So I, I could see him going somewhere out west, getting back closer to home. There's programs that would love to have a Tate Martell around to start next year. 
it's just, you know, for Tate, this is, this is a wake up call. His ego has been shattered, hopefully, on this one. And, you know, I don't want to root against a kid I, at all. I want him to succeed because it's not nice to root against people unless they go to Michigan. So, you know, I think it, hopefully for Tate Martell, he can go somewhere where they can take advantage of his, his skill set. Miami wasn't the place. And, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. But, uh, you know, don't swing and miss three times would be my advice to Tate. Then you strike out. Great stuff as always from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Really appreciate it, Bax, and appreciate all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.